0: Episode 82 for September 2009. The Spider-Man Crawlspace Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They're an online leader in comic and trade paperback sales, and their discounts make it easy to switch, with discounts starting at 75% off the cover price. An example this month is Amazing Spider-Man number 615. The cover price is $2.99. MailOrder has it for $1.49, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com and tell them to crawl spacing. Next question is from six 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 and a half. He's located in the meth capital of California. I don't know where that is. But <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I uh, didn't first... know First off, I wanted to let you guys know that you've made an animated series that has blown me away. If Season 1 was spectacular, then Season 2 is beyond amazing. Identity Crisis has to be my favorite episode of the bunch, probably because it has the most brutal fight scene I've ever seen in American cartoons. Here's hoping for Season 3, and his question is, I heard that Spectacular Spider-Man Meets the Gargoyles radio play might be distributed in some fashion. As a huge fan of both series, I was wondering, now that Disney owns the rights to both characters, could we actually see this in animated form? Greg, what do you think? God, what a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> or, also... uh,
1: I don't know if you, do your uh, uh, podcast listeners know what they're talking about here uh, I mean I know and Josh knows because he was there and participated but, but they, does, they, does your audience know
0: there was a isn't there a gargoyle convention and you guys did a radio play and read some lines all together I think
1: yeah we, we had a radio play I wrote yeah. uh, an original script which was uh, uh, Spider, Spider-Man meets, the, meets Gargoyles or mm-hmm. the other way around um, I had um, three days to write a script that was what something like uh, you know 80 pages and had 66 characters in it. <laughs> um, it 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 was this problem presented because uh, usually we do radio play every year and usually I just grab some existing script um, and we usually have one or two uh, professional you know voice actors guys like Josh uh, um, who participate. In the play, and so I find a script that you know has one of their characters in it. If it had been Josh, it would have you know been Spidey, obviously. And we, and the rest of the cast is all made up of fans. But um, this year, I got 16 professional voice actors wanting to participate from two different series across multiple episodes.
0: Nice. And there was
1: no existing script that included all those actors. So I found I had to write something from scratch. And I still had to add more characters beyond the characters of those 16 actors because the whole point of this thing is for fans to get to act with the uh, pros. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I couldn't just cast the 16 pros. I needed to cast some fans in there as well. So we wound up with a cast of, I think, 31 um actors pros and fans together playing 66 characters in this truly nightmarish script which um i think we had a very successful performance of um for two reasons one because i really did have a phenomenal voice cast um those pros and even the fans there just did a fantastic job really got in the spirit of the thing and and kicked its ass um and two, because I, I really do know how to pander to my audience, um, and the script is just full of meta humor and and uh, and in jokes and all sorts of goofy stuff I could never get away with on television. And I don't mean like because it's dirty; I mean just because you know it's so inside. You know, yeah. uh, if you want to read it, you can read it at Ask Greg, okay. um, which is uh, you know my site at w a org
0: I think there's some videos too uh, and uh, the gathering
1: the staff of the gathering is trying to put together um, uh, they've got video footage and they're trying to edit it together now uh, from a bunch of different cameras people who uh, who videotaped it at the time and they're trying to put together a single decent-looking, decent-sounding version of this thing. Uh, And they're working on that now, and we hope at some point to be able to you know, offer that, but in the short term, uh, yeah, I think there are a couple of YouTube videos up there, and uh, that can sort of act as a teaser for right. people. And in the meantime, if you want to read it, you can read it at us. Correct. It,
0: it, I've always wondered uh, the uh, the Mysterio gargoyles that come out, and and Spidey swings by. They're gargoyles. homunculi.
1: They're not gargoyles. They're homunculi. Okay.
0: What's a homunculi?
1: Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 They're those little things that you saw. That's what the, they are. Purple,
0: purple guys. <laughs> Did you intentionally put little gargoyle things in the in episodes? Because every now and then you'll see one in the background, like swinging by a city or something. I think
1: um, sometimes I do things intentionally. Like in episode one, yeah. uh, Spidey webs, you know, saves his life by webbing a gargoyle, but then the gargoyle gets yanked, you know, off the ledge and nearly right. kills him, and the gargoyle shatters into a million pieces. And that was very intentional because I just wanted to sort of announce, "Hey, this isn't gargoyles. Um, this is a." whole different show if this were gargoyles i wouldn't be smashing the gargoyle um (laughs) so uh that was intentional um every once in a while i might throw in a real real subtle inside joke for the hardcore gargoyle fans something that only they would get and again the idea being that it's something that wouldn't make someone else go i don't get it you know in in other words they wouldn't know there was anything to get you know
2: Mm
1: -hmm. like one example is uh uh, at the airport, we, I use Flight 994, which seems just, you know, that's the flight number. But any Gargoyle fan knows that 994 is the date of the Gargoyle Massacre, and so it's tremendously significant. Right.
2: <laughs>
1: and, and so, you know, there, it, it's a little thing I throw in. But also, the thing to keep in mind is that, you know, there are a lot of people working on Spider-Man. Some of them uh, also worked on Gargoyles like the cook and might throw in their own little things here and there. Uh, some of them didn't work on gargoyles, but know that I did and, and might throw in something
0: because they think that'll pander to me and they're often right. Um, see, see Lucas did it with THX1138. He, uh, named a droid that. Exactly. So, so
1: you know, I'm, uh, I'm pretty shameless with when, when <laughs> this job. I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty damn shameless. And, and again, anyone who, who does go and read that radio play would, would know that.
0: Um, so. Yeah, it
3: was uh it was definitely shameless, but it was awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Josh, you played Spidey in the play, right? Or what? Yes. Okay, did. cool. Did you play any other parts or did you just have Spidey?
3: No, I was just Spidey.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, Peter. And Peter. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh other question, uh we know that Scorpion and Hobgoblin are penciled for season 3. Do we know that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh but will there be any chance to see Jack o' Lantern, the Rose, the Beetle, Carnage and or Hypno I'm uh, not Hypno, Hydroman, sorry. <laughs> I have Hypno Hustler on my brain. Or Hydroman. <laughs> uh uh I I don't
1: you know, we introduced Morris Bench, um you know, so you know and we've introduced uh Cletus Cletus, Cletus Cassidy, Cassidy yeah. as well. So I mean I I Without giving anything away, I mean, obviously, I didn't do that by accident. It's not like I accidentally came up with the name Morris Bench and, and threw it in an episode. Uh, Refresh it wasn't me. By
0: Morris Bench. I don't know. Is that the Beetle?
1: No, it's Hydroman.
0: Hy- Hydroman. Wow. The the spider. Um, I I kneel before you, the Spider-Man Webmaster. <laughs> I didn't uh, know Hydra-Man's real name. That's cool.
1: Um, I don't think I have access to the Beetle. I'm pretty sure I don't. Okay. Um and I'm almost as sure that I don't have access to the Rose.
0: Yeah, that's a Wilson um, Fist deal. Uh
1: so I'm pretty sure that those two won't be appearing. And uh Jack o' Lantern, I uh, uh I'm just I'm not gonna respond.
0: Okay. Uh Donald Mark and he's located in Arkham Asylum, which is a very good video game. Uh thanks for coming on again guys. My only question, and if it's already been addressed in the first part, you can ignore it. What was the decision to reinterpret uh Craven into how you eventually did him? Was it a concern that he wasn't threatening enough or was it simply an attempt to differentiate the character from previous incarnations? Thanks again.
1: Um well, I mean the short answer is is that um there was you know the Craven in in uh Ultimate Spider-Man was an influence. I just thought I mean I, I didn't do it exactly the way uh um, Dennis did it, but um, I thought it was a cool idea, and so we all kind of thought it was a cool idea, and so we kind of did it. Now, we have long-term plans for Craven um, that go beyond just what, you know, the, the three episodes or two or three episodes you've seen him in up to this point, I guess just a couple, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, we plan to have fun with the character on an ongoing basis. But if you're, if what he's asking about is, you know, why did we decide to mutate him? Then the answer is, you know, I, I you know, Bendis did it, and I thought it was a good idea, so we, I ripped it off.
0: Yeah, and we'll have to wait for the director DVDs to have a shotgun in his mouth, I guess, for his old, his last appearance. Yeah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Shadow116 from Milton, Florida. Josh and Greg, welcome back, and keep up the great work. Uh, i got a couple questions for you guys. Here's hoping they don't suck. (laughs) Greg, how difficult or fun was it to reinvent some of these classic characters, and who was the most challenging villain to retool?
1: Well, it was tremendous fun. I mean, again, you're, this is like a job made in heaven for a, for a guy like me, you know, um, such a huge Spider-Man fan. Um, you know, I grew up on the Lee Romita era. That's how old I am. Um, and uh, and had obviously, long ago, gone back and read all the Lee Ditko stuff and loved that. Um and uh, once I got the gig, I went back and reread all the Lee Ditto stuff and reread all the Lee Romita stuff and, and read as much of the more recent stuff as I had time to before things got started um, and got crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, so was it fun? Um, it was tremendously fun. Was it difficult? It wasn't as difficult as you might think. Um, A because I had great partners. You know, Vic is fantastic. Sean did great character design work. We had great voice people we had great writing staff so it's not like i'm doing this by myself in a vacuum um, uh, but also because you know if, if you sort of stick to the core of these characters you know hundreds of stories written about almost each and every one of them so you have to you know some here and there you know some left turns got taken some u-turns got taken some you know uh even, I'll say, wrong turns got taken. Um, but if you stick to the core of who they are, I think you find there's a lot of really just fun um, stuff that sort of sings out and sort of says, here's what you feature. Here's who this guy is. Here's who he needs to be, whether it's a character as complex as Norman Osborn or one as, frankly, as simple and yet tremendous fun as Rhino, Um And uh, and then you throw that in with um, uh, you know uh, I think Spider-Man has one of the two or three tops rogues galleries ever, but you throw that in with probably the best supporting cast ever, bar none. I -hmm. mean um, you know a if you look at comic books you know Batman great character with with uh, with with some great a great tiny supporting cast. Yeah. Superman with some classic supporting cast. Spider-Man has, you know, just a stunning breadth to go with, the, you know, the depth of Peter himself, such a fun character, Peter himself, but, you know, the wealth in the Spider-Man universe, everyone from Aunt May to Jonah to Flash to you know joe robertson and Rand robertson and and uh shashan Wen and and you know just it's endless <laughs> yes yeah. and and the thing you have to resist of course is that so many of these characters over the 40 plus years um you know became superheroes super supervillains in their own right you've got to kind of you know, go, well, yeah, down the road after you've lived in a world with superheroes for 40 years, I suppose anything's possible. Mm-hmm. But the, the key for us is to try and keep, you know, um, these characters in, in their core positions here and have fun with them. Um, you know, uh, Batman's had all these girlfriends over the decades. Yeah. But the truth is they're all pretty, you know, with the exception of Talia and, and Selina, they're all pretty fungible but but Pete's girlfriends yeah they are so distinct gwen and mary jane and liz and betty and black cat and uh deb whitman deb whitman i yep. mean you know they they're all so distinct you know uh and so much fun to work with so doing pete's love life is just a great great time <laughs> um, so, you know, there's just, I mean, you know, and, and Aunt May is a player. I mean, you know, everybody, so it, you just have yeah. a good time with this show.
0: Uh, other question to Greg. What tips would you give to the, to aspiring screenwriters and writers like myself?
1: Um, the first tip i give is uh, make sure you've educated yourself. Um, you know, make sure you really know how to write a sentence. You know how to spell. You know how to, you know, uh, make sure you've read a lot a lot so you're not drawing just on the latest comic books but you're drawing on the classics that those comic books drew on you know particularly in this day and age you should be exploring not just the classics of western culture but you should be exploring world literature non-western um, culture literature because there's going to be stories there that no one has told in a western culture framework before no one um, and you can find them and you can be the first that's Rare, mm-hmm. um, but you know you should be reading Shakespeare, you should be reading Homer, you should be reading um, uh, Milton. You should be reading these great classics, Dante of literature. You should be reading the newspaper every single day. You should know what's going on in the world. I can't tell you how many stories I got right out of a newspaper, and I write cartoons that are supposed to be timeless and able to repeat for years and years and years and years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you should be writing all the time. I mean, You yep. should have a journal so that you're writing all the time. You should be rewriting yourself. You've got to get past the notion that everything you write on your first draft is gorgeous because let me tell you something, if you get into this business, no one's going to think that. Yep. Um, even if you're right, they won't think that. Um, you've got to learn how to proofread. If you can't proofread your own stuff, then you're dead in the water. Um, uh, you've got to live in los angeles really (laughs) Uh, you don't have to do that for your entire life but if you want to get started and you're not in la uh, i'm not saying it doesn't happen there's always the exception to the rule. the guy who writes a screenplay from minnesota and and uh sells it and never has to move um i suppose that happens but the you know this job is so hard it's about playing percentages and the percentage of trying to write for um movies or television for an American audience and living anywhere but Los Angeles, you've just cut your odds by such an incredible degree that you've raised your need for luck to go up beyond, you know, your... It's not about talent. I mean, it's not only about talent. It's about opportunity. It's about luck. It's about all sorts of things to, to succeed in this business. And when you do something like live anywhere other than Los Angeles... You have greatly reduced
2: Hmm.
1: your uh, opportunity quotient, which means you've got to raise either your talent or your luck quotient by a huge percentage. Huge. Um, And so, you know, uh, that's cool. You you, got to be where the action is. Um, And uh, finally, I say finally, but really it should have been the first thing I said is. If you don't have to do it, don't do it. And this is true whether you're an actor, or a writer, or an artist. If if you don't feel like I've got to do this, then you should make it a hobby. Just write some stuff for fun. Oh, you can even try and sell it down the road. Why not? Right. But just, uh, you know, if you're an actor and you, um, you know, live in, uh, Texas do community theater you know have fun with it make it your hobby you know not your career not your living the only reason you should be pursuing anything artistic as a career is if you just feel like you can't do anything else and I don't mean can't like uh, I'm not qualified to do anything else. I mean, <laughs> you can't you can't imagine yourself not doing anything right. else you can't fathom you know not doing anything else musician or any artistic thing if you don't have because and the reason for this is really clear and really simple this is these businesses these artistic businesses any of them are businesses where you face rejection on almost a daily basis if not literally an hourly basis yeah. and you need the passion and the conviction that this ha- is what you have to do In order to pull you through rejection after rejection after rejection. And there are all sorts of kinds of rejections. There are huge rejections where you don't get a job or where someone tells you you suck and you shouldn't even be trying. To tiny little rejections that come like, yeah, that was good, but can we get a better line reading or can, you know, you need, I'm sure Josh will say the same thing, you need this. You need to feel like you have to do it because otherwise you'll never survive
3: definitely agree with uh with greg on that because uh speaking as both an actor and as a musician and i've had extensive experience in both fields um there are so many people that want to do this and there the competition is so fierce and there are people that literally have nothing else to do except this they they live to do it and if you're not living to do it, well, you're going to have to be competing against somebody who, who has made that their, their life and all they're going to do with their life. And, right. and, uh, and, and that's, that's tough to, to play against unless you're kind of playing at that same level. Right. So, uh, you know, it's got to be, the stakes have to be high and, and that really has to be what you need to do. Um, yeah, I, I definitely cool. can't agree with that enough.
0: Good advice, fellas. Uh, is other questions aiming for Josh? Uh, we kind of hit your favorite quip. What was it again? It was, a jokester, oh, I'm, a I'm a mocker. I'm also a puller, a tugger, a yanker. <laughs> I love that one. He also has a request for you to read a line in your Spidey voice here. You mean, are okay. you on the board too, or are you, you want me put in the Skype uh, hold window? Hold on,
3: let me, let me. I, I have it in the window somewhere. All right, let's see. About how far down is it?
0: Here, I'll cut and paste it in the Skype window. There you
3: go. Okay, got it. Let's see. What do we got? Uh, Skype window, Skype window. Where is my Skype window? <laughs> It's oh, hitting. here it is. There you go. Oh man, this is start- Oh, okay, this is beginning. Ah. Uh, oh, this is beginning to sound like a bad comic
0: book plot. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go, Shadow. There you go. <laughs> Next one, uh, our buddy B-Dog, uh, from Canada, uh, who saw the show last year. <laughs> when did they see the, the Spec Spidey? Was it March- January? Five, six years ago. <laughs> Uh, want to say great job on the show. I really do enjoy it a lot. Josh, Metal Gear Solid 3 is one of my favorite video games ever. Would you like to return as how do you say his name? Ocelot is it? Ocelot. Ocelot in an upcoming game or another character? If is if so, which?
3: I I love Ocelot as a character. I think I think he's really interesting, and I had a lot of fun voicing him in in Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, I'm not sure if he'll be back in. The way that I voiced him, because that was a prequel game, so you got to kind of see his origin and, and you know how he is, what he is. Um, if Revolver Ocelot comes back, I would be uh, more than happy to step back into his shoes again. Um, and uh, you know, who knows if they if they ever do a, a live action movie of that, I would I would love to uh, again throw my hand
1: in for that. One.
0: Cool. Uh, one for Greg. What does producing entail? What's your job, Greg?
1: Um, there's a lot of arcane rituals involving blood and um, um, fire um, and a ruby that I got in um, uh, Michigan. Um, no, uh, you know, it, it, for me, uh, I'm there from day one. In other words, I'm, I'm putting the stories together on my big bulletin board, uh, all the index cards, juggling them around until I've got a. Structure not just for individual episodes but for enti- the entire season uh, or seasons, plural. Um, I then, you know, bring the writing team in and, and we break these stories and send them all off to write their individual episodes. And when those episodes come in, at premise, outline, script. I have to edit each uh, one. Um, I get notes from, uh, on Spider-Man, I got notes from Sony, Marvel, Marvel, uh, uh, and Kids WB for the first season, and uh, Sony Marvel and uh, Disney XD for the second season, um, and do rewrites on all the out, uh, on all the scripts uh, in order to uh, get them to everybody's satisfaction, including uh, my own and uh, my partner Vic Cooks. And then we record them. We bring Josh and his pals into the booth, and Jamie Thomason is our voice director, and I supervise all the recording sessions. Cool. Um meanwhile, Vic is also a producer of the show, and he's in charge of the art side of things. So he's uh, supervising uh, Sean Galloway and designing the shows, and um, uh, uh, Vince Toyama and uh, Kenny McGill doing the backgrounds, and uh, Joey Mason uh, and Mike Inman. I'm going to leave people out, and I apologize, but, uh, you know, painting those backgrounds uh, um, and, uh, you know, all the color work, Ever, you know, everything visual uh, in, on the design side, Vic supervises, and I at least kibitz on, you know, sign off on everything. Um, and then comes the direction phase of it. Um, you know, we do storyboards, uh, and Vic's in charge of that, and again, I kibitz. Um, and then we send it off for animation in Korea. You know, we send off this, you know, the voice reel uh which we've edited down to time uh we send it off with the storyboard and the timing sheets and all the design work and it and uh the animators in Seoul um, send it back to us as footage uh raw footage which we then edit together uh usually you know we don't have a lot of uh editing gravy so to speak you know we it's all pretty much Almost all of it has to go on screen. We can make little trims here and there. We can try little tricks. We do all sorts of effects editing that, you know, when I started in this business, you couldn't do. Um, mm-hmm. or if you did, it would cost a fortune. Now you can do it, um, I don't want to say easily, but certainly uh, cheaply. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, and so, you know, we can do things like uh, when the characters uh, are in the snow and breathing, we can add little you know,
0: steam, breath. Yeah. you
1: know, little breaths <laughs> yeah. there. We can um, do all sorts of things that we could never do before. Um, and uh, we edit those together until we've locked picture. Um, again, we get notes from all the various companies. Um, and then we take the locked picture to our composers. And Vic and I, uh, in post-production, Vic and I supervise this stuff together. We call retakes for, you know, animation mistakes and errors. We, uh, go to the composers. We spot the show with the composers, telling them literally, here's what we want for this scene. Here's what we're looking for, a theme for this character. Um, we talk with the composers about literally what instruments should be featured with various characters. The hmm. composers come back with great work, which we preview. Our sound effects and dialogue editors put those aspects together. And um, just to divide up the work, Vic took charge of sound effects and I took charge of dialogue. Um, and then we come together and we do a mix session where all the sound, music, uh, sound effects, foley, uh, dialogue—it's all laid together and balanced. So hopefully you can hear everything and it's all weighted correctly. And uh, then the show goes out and we're there from you know beginning to end.
0: Uh, Josh. And then we
1: oh, do the ritual with the blood and the yeah, ruby.
0: And the eye of Agamotto that Dr. Strange has. Uh, <laughs> Josh, besides Peter, what other characters that you voiced or acted are your favorites?
3: Um, I voiced a character in a Wii video game called No More Heroes named Destroy Man and he was this, uh, this postal worker that moonlighted as an assassin, or an assassin that moonlighted as a postal worker. But the, the cool thing was that he had um, nipple guns and a crotch laser. And wow! Yeah, I don't think I have to explain why that's so awesome.
0: I'm thinking crossover with Specs fighting. Yeah,
3: destroy
2: Man.
0: Yeah, and, Destroy
3: and Man. Every time he was charging up one of his attacks, he would have like this long destroy.
2: It was great. I don't,
0: uh, Traffic 50 uh, from Charleston, South Carolina. First off, great show. Me and my two-year-old son watch the show together on Monday nights. It's the only one of two shows he watches on TV. So there you go. <laughs> Question, is there an email address we can send Disney to keep the show on the air? Or is it better to handwrite them?
1: I, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know whether it's better to handwrite them, and I don't know whether... I don't know what email address you'd send to, so I mean, uh,
2: well, no I, mean I, I guess
1: there must be, if you looked at Disney, maybe there's a website for Disney XD, and, you know, maybe there's a place you can click on to give them feedback, and maybe that's a good idea.
0: Okay. Or you I'd say, say it... with, with an
3: email and a physical uh, letter. A physical letter, physical yeah. letter probably make more of a statement.
1: Can't hurt.
0: Yeah. Uh, other question, as in keeping true to the series, are you going to kill off Gwen? I really like the character, or hate to see her die.
1: Um, I really like Gwen, too, and I, uh you know, I, 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 we're in high school. Yeah. I mean, so, you know. uh She dies in college, so. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just not even, um, I, I don't want to make it seem like everybody's safe or anything like that. Or right. That no characters can die or anything, but the truth is, is that. These are Pete's high school years. They're not his college years. They're not his post-college years. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I know we brought certain characters back into the high school years, like Gwen, who didn't exist there. But, um, you know, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I'm, I'm actually enjoying just being in high school, so to speak.
0: Just don't let her sleep with Norman Osborn, please. We don't want that story. <laughs> okay. Uh, last question from him is: uh, What else can we do as fans to help keep the show on the air? I already brought the, bought, he bought the DVDs, and he's thinking of buying in on iTunes to help sales of the series.
1: So, well, I, I didn't, Is it available
0: on iTunes? Yeah, it's. Uh, oh, it it's is. I didn't know that
3: on iTunes now for a couple of weeks, I think.
1: Sweet. Well, yeah, that would be great. That's a great way to, again, sort of vote with your wallets uh, in a very objective way that they can really easily track. You know, in other words, uh, a bunch of fans bought all the episodes on iTunes, and they can see that, and they see there's a real interest in it, and that there's money to be made there. Um, you know, that's a real way to vote um, yeah. for the show is to just demonstrate that people want it so badly they're willing to pay for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you, um,
0: you bought on Josh.
3: <laughs> on, on iTunes. Well, the the DVDs as well. I like to give out to family and stuff. But uh, nice. yeah. I bought
0: them on my phone. They replaced Yeah, the...
1: I, I think that's great. I didn't know that was out there. so I think that's great. And, and then otherwise, just the things I said earlier in the interviews.
0: So. Buy the toys, the DVDs, and watch it. Spider Tour 02 from New York City. Uh, hello, Greg. Now that Disney has direct ownership of Marvel, or they soon will, does the in- that increase the possibility of Gargoyle's comics continuing?
1: Um, I, I don't know that it has anything to do with it one way or the other. Um, the Gargoyles comics were, uh, SLG, um, publishing,
2: mm-hmm. obviously
1: not Marvel. Uh, Marvel did a Gargoyles comic back in the 90s, but, uh, that didn't last very long. Um, so, uh, I'm hoping to do more comics with, on Gargoyles with SLG, um, uh, they, SLG Dan Votto of SLG is very interested in doing more Gargoyles comics. I don't know if the Marvel-Disney thing has changed his feelings about that, but um, mm-hmm. I know that uh, at least oh, um, a few short weeks ago he was very interested in, in going back to Disney and renewing the license, uh, if it all made sense. Right now we've got three trade paperbacks out, um, Gargoyles Clan building volumes one and two, and gargoyles bad guys um they're really fun stories i'm really proud of them they've got some great art by a number of different artists including uh greg guler and uh david hedgecock and corinne charlebois and others um and uh i recommend people who like gargoyles and even people who didn't like gargoyles to check them out cool and uh, if those sell well then dan will probably want to make some more
0: uh, we have Scarecrow756, we don't know where he's from, but he says, uh, Greg, what character on the show are you most proud of?
1: Um, I, I guess Spider-Man. Um, okay. You know, I mean, I, 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 again, sort of fondness for all the characters, uh, all the way down to Coach Smith, you know, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's Peter's show.
0: Right. So. Which villain design do you like the best on the show?
1: Oh God! So many of them are just so great. Um,
0: uh,
1: I I can't pick. I just you know. It's like choosing I,
0: your kids. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, qu- couple of questions for Josh. What appeals to you? What appeals to you the most about Peter Parker slash Spider Man? Um, I
3: would say, and this is something that that I felt was kind of lost to a certain extent in the movies. Um, I would say that. One of the things that that I find endearing about Peter, and one of my favorite things about Peter, is the fact that his fights are never just slugfests. Because um, everybody that he's fighting, I mean, he's not—he doesn't—he's not more powerful than than everybody. Um, I love that he actually has to use his uh, Peter Parker smarts and and really. Kind of figure out what his enemies' weaknesses are um, and how to how to use their strengths and their weaknesses against them to to turn the tide in his favor. Uh, I I think that that's great as opposed to just being you know a a smackdown beatdown where it's just people throwing punches. I mean, yeah, that looks cool and there's there's a place for all of that, but um, I think it's so much more interesting when he actually has to think his way out of problems as well.
0: And what's your favorite Spidey villain, Josh?
3: does, is it within the show or just in general uh answer both I don't care okay. he, he I, I'd say in, in general I'd, I'd, have I'd have to I'd have to go with uh with Gobby cause uh yeah that's, that's OG man that's that. <laughs> way and, and I love I love the progression that, that he's made I'd say in in the show I probably I'd probably have to throw a throw a hand in there for uh for Tombstone
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, cause I I just I love the revamp that that Spectacular gave him um and and I he's he's just such a smooth operator, man. He's yeah. he's uh he's awesome. I, I love him.
0: Spider Hero twelve, uh says, just wanted to say this is the greatest animated series I've ever seen. You truly brought Spider Man to life in a great way. Josh, if there is one great Spidey story arc that you'd like to see on screen, what would it be? Uh let's see, let's see, let's see. He he throws out the uh, nothing can stop the juggernaut is one of his suggestions. Actually that would be that would be we don't have access to Juggernaut though, so Oh, yeah, yeah. he's an X Men character, isn't he? Yeah.
2: Well our our Rhino
3: our Rhino kinda kinda treads that territory a little bit. Yeah. Um, there there have been a couple of really cool uh rhino parts where uh, where for a second I'm like, Oh my god, it's like juggernaut. Um I would probably I I'm I'm a huge I, I like a lot of the darker stuff as well and I'd I'd like to see Sin, Sin Eater done. That'd mm, um, be good. But obviously that's that wouldn't be uh, able to be done until directed DVDs because I I doubt that that would fly. Well, I don't doubt. I know it wouldn't fly for kids TV. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely love to see that. I and I mean a lot of the ones that I would have liked to see uh, I've gotten to see like like Master Planner and and uh, and Gang War. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would definitely have to throw my my hat in there for uh, for Sin Eater. And uh, I think you were talking about Craven's Last Hunt. Before. Mm-hmm. These are all ones that I would I would
0: love to see. Yeah, that's all direct to DVD movies. Uh yeah. Gre- Greg, if there is one huge character that you really love to introduce in the show, whether it's a villain or just a normal character, who would it be?
1: Uh Flash Thompson.
0: <laughs> well we've we've already got Flash though.
1: Oh, oh! You mean someone I haven't already included yet? Right. <laughs> you mean someone other than the 83 characters that have already included in the show? Yeah. Like as if I've been holding back. Um, uh, as I, you know, mentioned, uh, I'm we're planning on including Hobgoblin and Scorpion in season three if we get one. Um, there, are other, uh, I think again because we have planted the seeds, they're pretty obvious to to people. I mentioned Morris Bench. I mentioned Cletus Cassidy. So I mean. Um, we've got, you know, uh, Professor Warren in there. Um, you know, there are things that are coming that I think people can see the seeds being planted um, now. Uh, and I've talked about some of the other uh, characters that long-term I'd like to introduce. But, you know, I, I don't want to give too much away, to be honest.
0: Style Shift says, congratulations to Josh for becoming the voice I hear in my head when I read dialogue for Spider-Man in the comics. Oh, that takes <laughs> ass. Uh, Greg, assuming you guys continue the series post-college age Spider-Man, what would be different about his status quo? Would it be jobs, supporting cast, marital status, etc.?
1: Well, I like to think it would be very organic. I mean, yeah. you know, that, you know, uh, Peter would go from, uh, Midtown to ESU. Um, I don't think that's shocking. Giving that away, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the bugle will be part of it, and science is a big part of his life, and and we'd go through there and and take him through that. But um, to go even that far beyond, again, the big sweeping, obvious statements like yes, you. Mm-hmm. Um, it it would assume that uh, that we're gonna that I. Uh, in other words, I want the progression to be organic, so for me to sort of say, okay, and then after college, what's going to happen? I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen in college yet. So <laughs> um, and, and so how can I tell you organically what would happen beyond there?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think the key thing for us is that um, uh, we want to stay as true as possible to Peter's character. This series, a specific high school-based series, is Specifically themed about the education of Peter Parker, but we'd also like to stay as true as possible right. to all the massive supporting cast and villains, etc. Right. Um, and uh, and I think one thing that I'm sort of proudest of is that is that through the 26 episodes we've had, the progression has been fairly organic for this huge cast. It really is a huge,
2: mm-hmm.
1: huge cast. Right. Um, and uh, you know. I think, um, uh, again, we're talking about actors in the radio play, but I think um, we've had something like um, 40 to 50 voice actors in the two seasons of Gargoyles, and many, many of them play multiple characters. So, you know, uh, it's a a massive cast, and they're all really interesting to me. So I just want to keep progressing all of them forward and continue their interactions with Pete or Spidey.
0: This next one's for Josh, but uh, Josh, I gotta set it up. If you if are you up on the latest issues of Amazing Spider-Man? Uh, like uh, latest in terms of current issues? That... Yeah, late, current issue that came out within the last month or so. Uh, no, I am. not. Okay. Well, anyway, Peter had a drunken hookup at, after okay. Aunt, Aunt May's wedding, <laughs> so with his roommate. So the question to you is: Do you believe a drunken hookup is in character for Spider-Man?
3: I I definitely believe so. I mean, look at look at all the women in his life right now, and I, I I I think that he's probably uh enough of a straight edge where in he's he's in high school he's not gonna mess with that stuff. But you know, once he's of legal age, um, I I don't not see him. Uh, I, I don't not see that in in his makeup. Um, no. I, but then again, that is a complicated question because I mean, he does kind of go out as Spider-Man, and and they're. That begs the question: would, would he do that, knowing he's got to go out as Spider-Man? Because now he's not really at the top of his game. You know, a drunk Spider-Man mm-hmm. really isn't going to fare very well. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, think that, I think that given the situation and given the opportunity, I, I don't, I don't see it as being pe- beyond a, an age-appropriate Peter Parker at all.
0: Spidey dude, our buddy from Texas says, Greg, please tell me. For sure, you're not just teasing me with the whole Professor Warren subplot. I want clones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, uh, let me just say that I only have 19 and a half minutes per episode. I don't have room to waste it.
0: With clones? I'll leave it at that. Okay.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, if I put Warren in there.
0: Oh, gotcha.
1: I'm not putting Warren in there because I'm bored. And I thought, hey, let me just throw something in here. Um, (laughs) Everything that we put into that show, and I mean everything, um, is there for a purpose? Because um, we just we have so little screen time. We have so little screen time that I don't have the room to just throw a character in, and and that I don't plan on doing something with so there's every reason. character in there. Um, yeah.
0: You know. Uh, That's awesome. You know, so Crusher a-
1: Hogan, I plan to do stuff with.
0: So you sure. know, I mean. And his other question is for Josh as a huge Ben Riley fan, uh, if it happens to have a minute, will you make slight alterations to your voice for peter um i I
3: would i 'm not exactly sure what they would be. um I would probably want to make it a little bit more than just a pitch change or something like that. Like I would try to find something uh even if I had to add it in um that would make him distinctive from Peter Parker, but not different enough to where it couldn 't be. Uh, similar you know it's it it, it would be something that I'd, I'd have a lot of fun coming up with
0: at least just so you don't have to hold your tongue like you did with the hot chocolate yes <laughs> yeah that, that definitely would not be he also uh spidey dude also asks if you've had little kids come up to you and ask you to speak spidey for them when they find out yes
3: when they find out that that's what i do they get very excited and yes and and i have
0: uh have had to do some some G rated quips. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, we're going to uh, Ira- Iran, a Persian Spider, uh, whose avatar is uh, Gwen Stacy from Spec Spidey, kissing Peter on the lips. Nice. Uh, to Greg, many think that the show's only one misstep was when Craven was turned into a bestial creature. Why the change, and is there any hope to see Craven in human form again? Wait, yeah, you hit that. How you like Bendis take, and you, you want to do a little something different. So
1: Yeah, we just did a variation on it.
0: So. Yep. Uh, also to Greg, is there any chance uh, to see the scenes you had to cut from some of the episodes of Season 1 and 2, perhaps as a special feature in future DVDs? How, well, much, is on the, how much is on the floor, by the way, that you guys cut?
1: Uh, not a ton, but there's yeah. some significant stuff. I showed a bunch of it at Comic-Con um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, showed it again at The Gathering. Um, uh, and not even all of it, just, you know the things that were clear enough just from or at least complete enough you know sometimes little trims came out which if we'd done those movies we would have put the trim back in but it wasn't long enough to you know to to put on a clip reel you know what i mean yeah. um did they ever do uh, animation? i don't i don't see why not i mean yeah. I, I don't know why they wouldn't put it on the dvds but i gotta say this is completely outside my control so i don't know you know i had not they didn't involve us in the decision-making process as to what did or didn't go on the DVD. So, you know, we were as surprised as anyone to, to see in the end result what what extras made it on and what didn't. We uh, There was yeah. tons of footage. I don't mean uh, tons of uh, animation. I mean, there was tons of behind-the-scenes footage. I mean, tons hmm. um, uh, that we took... Um, and uh, they used only a fraction of it. I don't know if they're saving some of it or what, but they uh, they used only a fraction of that behind the scenes footage that we had.
0: I would love you two to do commentaries on some episodes if they were released. I would.
1: Oh, uh, Rick and I yeah, were dying good. to do commentaries, um, yeah. and uh, they just they
0: hmm.
1: we they just weren't interested for whatever reason.
0: Uh, for Josh, if it was, I like this one. For Josh, if it was up to you, uh, who would you choose, Liz or Gwen?
3: <laughs> um I would have to throw my hat in there for Gwen. Uh I'm yeah. I'm a big Gwen fan uh and and I I think she's great and I I think that the spectacular portrayal of her uh just uh, makes her that much better. Um that's not to say that I don't like MJ. I think MJ's awesome as well, but uh I I I I tend to like brainy girls. Uh, yeah. I I married one, so uh, <laughs> so that's just my personal. Are you married point. now? Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: you're wow, you were, were engaged! Congratulations! Wow, I knew you were engaged, but I didn't know you were married. Yeah, yeah got married at
0: the end of May. Awesome! Congratulations! Oh man, how yeah. did I not know that? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Is she? Uh, do, do you have like spider stuff around your house too? Um, yeah, in in okay. places. If, if, if she, ever she, ever. she,
3: she, she's a geek as well. So she, awesome. she's you know, a computer and. Video, I mean, we play video games together, so. Oh, she, she's, a, she's, she's a keeper. A... <laughs> yeah, she's cooler than most when it comes to having my toys around the
0: place. Nice. See, that's what I did. I married one that accepts the toys. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's either the toys or the, you
3: know. It's, uh... Yeah, no doubt.
0: Uh, the, other, <laughs> the other one, uh, the handle is just the Spectacular Spidey. So he asked Greg, uh In Season 2, you adapted the classic Master Planner storyline uh, with Spidey's trapped under all that heavy iron. Any chance that we might see more classic Spider-Man stories adapted? Some examples are ASM 17 to 19, Spidey No More, The Death of Captain Stacy, The 6 Arms Saga. That is, if the show continues on course.
1: Uh I mean, without getting into any specific examples, in- including... Uh, the ones he mentioned or others, the answer is absolutely yes. I mean, we will definitely be adapting specific classic storylines from Spider-Man continuity. Um, I'm not going to say which ones, but we definitely will be.
0: Yeah, I love I love the little play of Captain Stacy, kind of talking to Peter like, you know what, kid, I kind of know. <laughs> I thought that was a little nice a little nudge. In season two.
3: I, I love the theme song that he's uh he's developed. He he has like a little uh little musical theme song that. Oh that he do, he does. I I didn't know. Yeah. That. Oh yeah yeah. Whenever whenever yeah. Captain Stacy and Peter have one of those those uh those hmm. Moments, a harp uh, Oh a yeah, heart. nice. A
0: harp <laughs> part that comes. In. That's,
3: that's kind of turned into Captain Stacy's uh, theme song for me. It's 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 pretty neat.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't you like it if you just walked in a room and a harp played? <laughs> I I've said. <laughs> For a long time, that I wish that I had theme music that just followed me <laughs> wherever I went. It has to come from nowhere, seemingly from nowhere, where I'd just be walking down the street and it's. Da, 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 da. it's I know. An I wish Isaac Hayes was still alive. I'd have him write it, you know, just like Shaft or something. Yeah. Anyway, we're cool. going off topic. <laughs> Back to the Spider. Uh, Josh, I know you've voiced other Spider-Man characters in video games, but have you wished to voice Peter Parker, Spidey, for a long time? And how great is it to voice a character like Spidey? I've
3: probably wanted to voice this character since I was a kid, um, yeah. and I, I I have no idea when Spider Man even became when when Spider Man even was on the radar for me because I don't ever remember there being a point in my life before I knew about Spider Man and I mean I know I wasn't reading Spider Man in the womb or anything but my memory doesn't go back to before I didn't know about Spider Man so yeah this is pretty much a lifelong thing that I've I've wanted to do uh, in some way and uh it's it's. A dream come true, you know, it's it's been, and, and I couldn't have asked for a better Spider-Man show to have been a part of. Right. Uh, I, I think that, that we've put together something great, and,
0: and I'm proud of it. Ab- Abu Aziz from Bayron says, Josh, what's your favorite tone for Peter or Spider-Man? Is it grim? Is it wisecracking? Is it happy?
3: Um I I I really don't have a favorite. I, I I think that all of them kind of mesh together into this really really cool person. Um I do I do like the fact that our Spidey uh wisecracks again uh, in addition to uh uh the I I wouldn't say lost but the marginalizing of the of of his use of science to to win uh being lost in the movies. I think that that the the humor and the, the quipping was also a big thing that the movies didn't really capture for me. I, I agree. And, uh, and, and I, I love that, that we, we made it a point to put that back in, and, because it's such an important part of his character. And, and so I, I wouldn't say that's my favorite uh, way for him to be, but I, I think it's essential, and I'm glad that it's in our show.
0: Greg, uh, whose idea was it to turn Sir Silver Sable into a criminal? Why is she Silvermane's daughter, and why did you make the burglar Felicia's father?
1: Uh, for decisions like that, to some extent, what we're trying to do is create a universe um, with the virtue of hindsight, you know, create one that's a little more cohesive, a little more coherent, um, doesn't have um, hundreds of origins uh, for technology, hundreds of, you know, um, similar characters that have no relationship to each other and yet are incredibly similar. I mean, uh, when you're building the Marvel Universe or the DC Universe or something like that with multiple, multiple writers and artists over decades, you're bound to have some duplication um, along the way, and we want to avoid that because we're starting from scratch and we feel like um, there's almost a responsibility to make the universe more coherent um, than it was, and So the idea of having Silvermane, which we think is a great character, and Silver Sable um, both in the show made a lot of sense to us, and the idea of making them related made a lot of sense to us, and partially that's because they both have Silver in their name, but partially because it also fit what we had long-term plans for both characters. Um, You know, our plans for Silver Sable don't end where they ended in Season 2, where she ended in Season 2. They don't end there. Any more than our plans for, um, Norman Osborne or Harry Osborne or Spider-Man end where they ended in season two, um, Craven, etc. You know, the plans continue forward. I don't know if the episodes will continue forward. <laughs> That's not up no. to me. But, you know, assuming that we get a, uh, additional seasons, you're going to see more of, of Silver Sable, uh, more of Craven, more of Silvermane and, uh, I think you know. Again, the idea is to try and make things organic, but oftentimes, as with um, Harry, Gwen, Mary Jane, characters who were introduced in the comics in the college years that we chose to introduce in the high school years, it wasn't just about plucking them out of their existing location and putting them whole there. It wasn't about taking college-age Harry Osborne and sticking him in to high school it was about extrapolating backwards and trying to think about well what would Harry have been like in high school, what would Gwen have been like in high school, um, what would Silver Sable be like not necessarily at her end point, but what might she have been like at her beginning point or close to it. Right. And so, um, again, if there's a little bit of faith and if we get more episodes, I I think uh over time some you know, things will be clear. Right.
0: Gold Goblin uh, kind of has, has a lot of questions that we've already covered. I guess his main question is about the Sinister Six. Are we going to have some new members on the roster in future episodes or down the line?
1: Um, my general plan, and I won't be held to this by anyone, um, but <laughs> uh, my general plan is to to uh, do a Sinister Six episode once a season. Nice. And... Um, and to have a slightly different lineup every time.
0: Okay. Uh, Still a nerd says, uh, congratulate you guys for what, without question, the best cartoon adaption of Spider-Man in existence. And here's hoping for a season three will be just around the corner. Uh, Greg, you've made some rather interesting romantic pairings in Season 2. We have Peter with Liz, Gwen with Harry, MJ with Liz's brother Mark. What was the thought process behind making these characters and these particular relationship pairings?
1: Well, I mean, Peter with Liz is from the comics. Um, You know, Peter was part of this big triangle with Betty and Liz. Um, And uh, since we were playing Betty as uh, 20, um, and because you know, what might have been believable, I don't know if it ever happened in the sixties, but what might have been believable in nineteen sixty two or sixty three with Betty as either a twenty year old dating a sixteen year old or as a sixteen year old working for Jonah Jameson, none of neither of those options seemed to work for us in a modern context. Right. Um, so we did some teasing with Betty and had a good time with her, I like to think, in the first season. But um Betty seemed essential to be uh, a uh, Peter's friend, not his love interest, but um, b to be Jonah's secretary, um, and that seemed to me to really be at, at the core of her character. And um, so we sort of substituted Betty out for um, making our triangle Gwen, Liz instead of Betty, Liz, cool. and that. Builds into what we have planned long term for both those characters. Um, in terms of going Harry, that's also right out of the comic. Yeah, um, uh, they dated for a while, on and off at least, uh, went out together, and Harry definitely had an interest in her.
0: MJ and course. Mark. MJ and Mark is new though. MJ and Mark is new,
1: and part of that again is about uh, the organics that we were talking about. Um, you know, in in the comics, Mark is Liz's uh, half brother, um, and we were. Taking our Mark and actually combining Betty's brother Bennett Brandt with Liz's half brother Mark Roxton. Uh, Is it Roxton? Roxton. Yeah. yeah. Is it Raxton or Roxton? I always get that mixed up. But um, today, and we just decided, no, look, we're going to make him her full brother, not half brother. We're going to make him Mark Allen. Um, we're going to combine his issues with Bennett Brandt's issues. We're going to take those two characters and sort of make them one. Okay. And then we, you stick that character, that specific character, in high school, and I, I got to say, just organically, it just felt like someone MJ would get drawn to. Okay. Um, and uh, so that's where that came from.
0: And as also as other questions, since you're a Shakespearean buff, which Shakespeare play do you believe is the closest in themes raised in Spider-Man, or which Shakespeare character is the closest to Peter Parker in your opinion? Um, well,
1: uh, I see Peter as very archetypal, um, not specifically from Shakespeare, but as the everyman character from uh, medieval mystery plays. Or uh, um, that to me is very clear that uh, Peter is uh, the superhero as everyman. or uh, the flip side of that as the everyman as superhero. Um, uh, To then figure out who that is in terms of Shakespeare's canon, I don't know that there's anyone who's a huge obvious fit, but Hamlet comes to mind.
0: Okay, the next one's to Josh. Have you ever had the temptation to ad-lib your own spidey quippage? Um, Well, we actually have a pretty open
3: recording session where uh, there's a lot of back and forth going on with the writers and with the actors and with the voice direction um so i can't really take credit for anything that is in the show but uh, i'm sure that there have been times where i've uh, said something or tweaked uh, an existing line and and, uh and made it a little different uh yeah i mean if if i say basically the attitude is if i say something in character that's funny and and everybody likes it, it it'll it'll find its way into the show
0: Okay, we're wrapping, we're wrapping it up a little bit. I'm going to give one more question to Greg and one more to Josh. And uh, the question to Greg is from Spidey Mouse, which is hopefully not a future character. <laughs> uh, Greg, uh, there are quite a few spectacular Spider-Man fans that are comparing your show to Batman the Animated Series and the Bruce Timm-Paul Dini-produced DC Animated Universe. Any chance we could get a Greg Wiseman-Victor Cook-produced Marvel Animated Universe?
1: Uh, well, from your keyboard to God's ears, I mean, uh, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to do it. Um, I, uh, no one's invited me to do that, um, but you know, I wouldn't mind, uh, I, I well, that'd be great, but yeah, no one's actually asked me to do that, so,
0: um,
1: yeah, it's not exactly up to me.
0: Cool. <laughs> Uh, before we go, guys, um, Greg, once again, what can us Spider-Fans do? Just let's, let's reiterate this, how we can help you guys.
1: Uh Send us money, um, <laughs> you know, small bills. No, uh, I mean, literally, I didn't know about this iTunes thing that we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, but I can't emphasize enough what a great way that would be to show Disney and Marvel Um you know, uh, how much interest there is in the show. If people start buying episodes off iTunes in, in any kind of mass numbers, um, then that's a huge thing. Obviously, watch the episodes on Disney XD. Ratings are incredibly important at this point. And buy merchandise like the DVDs, like the Hasbro toys in particular, um, and anything else that specifically has, you know, the Sean Galloway spectacular Spider-Man designs on it as opposed to just you know, any other version of Spider-Man, um, which is not to say you shouldn't be buying other Spider-Man, it's just saying that if you're specifically trying to help out the show, it doesn't help out the show per se to be buying Spider-Man merchandise themed off one of the movies or, or, or just generically Spider-Man, what helps is if it's specifically spectacular Spider-Man driven, um, and, uh, of course it always helps Spider-Man if you buy a lot of Gargoyles products, so.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and the premiere date on Disney XD is in October?
1: It is, yeah. I don't okay. know the exact date.
0: Okay. And, Josh, do we have any projects we need to look for you with? What, you got anything coming uh, up?
1: Right now I am,
3: uh I can't say what I'm voicing, but I am voicing a uh, character in StarCraft 2. Uh, I'm also voicing some characters in the Old Republic. And, uh, yeah, I'm just working on a few video games right now. And, cool. uh, and, and any kind of uh, other news will be posted on my website. It's uh, joshkeaton.com and uh, there's also a Facebook fan page uh,
1: that will have all that information
0: as well. Sweet. Greg, I appreciate you talking to us. You're great as usual.
1: Well, I, I have a lot of fun and I'm uh, always happy to do it. Uh, Frankly, you just don't
0: have me on enough, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I need yeah. fun every every six months. I thought it'd be be perfect timing since the show's coming out in October that we could give it a push a couple months, a couple weeks before.
1: No, I'm thrilled that you uh, contacted us, and uh, always happy to do it. So you know, um, any time. Thank you, sir. Seriously.
0: All right, thanks, Josh. You're great, man. Talk, Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. And again, a big thanks to Greg and Josh for taking time to talk to the fans. The second half of Season 2 is set to premiere on October 7th on the Disney XD. So set your DVRs and watch the show because we all want a second season of Spec Spidey because it's a wonderful show. Before we go, I want to thank MailOrderComics.com for sponsoring this show. They're accepting October orders and a spotlight this month. Is Web of Spider-Man number three. The cover price is four bucks. Mail order has it for two dollars and 47 cents, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Gang, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm your host, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.